Hi, I'm the Strategist Cowboy. From now on, one of the pillars in the template I use for reviewing the beers, the pillar that I have been calling Taste, will be renamed into First Impression. I do this since this pillar comes in the fourth order right behind color, aroma, and foam. The taste of the particular beer cannot truly be assessed at this stage, really. It has to be a first impression and nothing more decisive than that. Also, I thought I should have made a good deal by buying a German measuring instrument from Bosch. It is still made in China, so don't wet your pants, Germatex. In my last episode, I measured one of the beers, the first one, to hold a temperature of 2 degrees Celsius. That would have meant that it was almost freezing temperature or about 36 degrees Fahrenheit. My cooler might have, the, might have the ability to cool a beer down to 36 degrees Celsius, but certainly not at the setting I use. Also, the second beer had a temperature of 10 degrees Celsius, according to the measuring instrument. But when I measured it in Fahrenheit, it was 43.7 degrees. It doesn't add up. If it was 43.7 degrees Fahrenheit, it would mean that it should have been nearly 7 degrees Celsius and not 10 degrees Celsius. Bosch themselves promises that the temperature deviation on a measured object will not be more than 1 degree Celsius. I should point out that I measured the temperature by holding the laser beam reading on the label on the bottle and not on the glass. But maybe it is just me that are not adjusted to the instrument yet. Bosch says that you should hold the instrument at least a meter or slightly more than a yard from the item being measured when you pull the trigger on the instrument. I try to do that, but I may be off anyway. Or maybe it is the computer heat from the fan outlet that is messing up the reading. Who knows? I shall try and measure the temperature by putting the beer on my turned off scanner next time. Maybe the reading will be more accurate then. Also, from now on and up to Christmas, I will review only Yule beers and or seasonal winter beers. Now that you know, let's move on to today's review. Our first contestant 
is Sigtuna Winter IPA, which the brewery says is organic or eco-friendly. The beer is brewed by Sigtuna Brygghus, some distance north of Stockholm city. Brygghus means brew house. I don't think it is a craft beer, even though it is an IPA. It just doesn't strike me as a craft beer. And the brewery is fairly large, or it at least has produced many, many beer assortments through the years since 2005. But let the taste of the beer be the judge of that. The beer assortment is from Sweden, of course. It has got a 6% ABV. 6% ABV. The second contestant is another Swedish beer called Luselelle with a 6.5% ABV. But more on that later. The Winter IPA or WIPA assortment, which I will review first, comes in a 33 centiliter or about an 11 ounces liquid ounces mundane green can. Last year, Sigtuna Winter IPA came in, chub, in chubby bottle. In a chubby bottle. They have missed to replace the pitcher on Systemblogget's site. So it isn't a can that is featured with the beer's name on the site. The ingredients in Sigtuna Brygge's Winter IPA are water, barley malt, and American hops, and most certainly yeast. Can such a naked beer compete with German Reinitzgebot beers? By naked, I mean that the ingredients seem to follow suit with the German Reinitzgebot methods or lack of extra ingredients. With American hops, it at least stands a chance. The beer costs about 24 Swedish kroner i.e. two US dollars and 70 cents, 70 cents. That is about one US dollar per four ounces of beer. The preferred serving temperature is according to Systemblog, 10 to 12 degrees Celsius, i.e. 50 to 54 degrees Fahrenheit. How about the experience then? Let's measure the beer. Fifteen point eight degrees Celsius. Uh, it is. And let's see what's Fahrenheit. 59 degrees Fahrenheit. How does that stand up? Let's see. Okay. Okay. 
14.4%, I mean, degrees Celsius, 14.1 degrees Celsius. So about 14 degrees Celsius. It doesn't add up. Let's look at the chart I have down here. 15, uh, 15, yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, fairly good. 15 degrees Celsius is exactly 59 degrees Fahrenheit and it's 14.4, 14.1. So it's in, it's within the range this time, but I didn't hold the measuring instrument so um, far from uh, the can as they recommend or say that uh, you should. So, uh, okay. How about the experience then? The color is uh, brownish, orangey like, or light brown, orangey. Yeah, something like that. And it's got a uh, an okay aroma and a, a tall head more than two fingers first impression let's see my first impression is that it's a really good beer a really good beer I like IPAS, IPAS, and apparently I like WIPAS, whatever that winter IPA. I don't know if that's a, even a term, but they call it WIPA. It's uh, it's pretty rich. Mm. Let's see here. Yeah, it's uh, I don't think it's bread like. I don't. Is it yeasty? Perhaps a little bit, I don't think so. Not very distinct. It's uh, <clears throat> kind of malty.
but it's difficult to sense the moltenness in an iPad there. But uh, it's there, I think so. Okay, taste on my palate. Uh, the taste on my palate. It's a little bit. It's a, it's a little bit dark uh, in the taste in, on my palate. Like. Um, uh, ginger, ginger taste. Is it sweet? Nah, it's not. It's bitter, but it's an iPad, so no strange thing there. And perhaps a little bit hoppy, yeah. It's an iPad again, so it's hoppy. It's not candy-like. Fruitiness, yeah. Grapefruit-like taste, I think, and the peel of, of the grapefruit. But I, uh, I've never tasted grapefruit peel. But on, on the other hand, I've never tasted orange peels either. Or tangerine peels. But uh, I, I think I know what it tastes like. Anyway. I, I'd say uh, grapefruit peels. And are there spices in it? Yes. Probably ginger. And herbs. Uh, I don't know. I can't sense any. The undertone is uh, ginger. Again, carbonation level. Well, I haven't burped yet. So let's see later on. Creaminess, no. But it's not acidic and there are no aberrations. Okay, what about grading then? Uh, this beer have has had it, it's I gotta give it a high uh, grading. Even if it's not a an um, uh, what's it called uh, an old beer, uh, it's an even if it's not an old beer. So uh, it's a very good old beer. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it's not a craft beer, but uh, it, it's a, it tastes like a craft beer. I grade this beer, uh, I'd say, uh, eight devils out of 10 possible. That's a high grading in my book. Even though many beers I grade, I grade eight devils out of 10 possible because many of the beers that Sustain Blogger sells are good beers and uh, small produced, uh, produced in a small scale often. So, uh, okay. Okay. Our next contestant is Lucy Lelle from the brewery Brekeriet Beer, located in the outskirts of the small city of Landskrona in the region of Scania, my region, in the south end of Sweden. Lucia was a Catholic saint. Lucia celebrations on the evening of December 12 and into the night when Lucia took place were common in many places in Västergötland, right up into the 21st century. Västergötland is not anywhere near Scania, relatively speaking. And yes, Sweden was at one time Roman Catholic, like many or all other neighboring countries. Until 1523 and the 6th of June, which now is our equivalent to Independence Day, because we got to become awesome Protestants. Sixth of June, 1944, was also D-Day in Normandy. This Lucia tradition consisted of dressing up in dressing up in scary masks and unusual clothes so that no one could recognize you. you. They then went out in groups or alone and lusade at people's homes, often in the hope of being offered a strong alcoholic drink. And in connection with this, they sang Lucilele and other local songs. During the 20th century, the lucid dude's behavior changed a bit as he often roamed the alleys or streets and squares with the intention of scaring other lucid dudes or preferably people who were not dressed up. This tradition was deeply rooted in Västgötarna until the beginning of this millennium in several places such as Skara, Tidaholm and Vara. Why did it disappear? Maybe the authorities didn't like it since there were alcohol involved. Maybe the authorities didn't like it because there were violence involved. Whatever it was, you can bet on that it stopped because of the authorities. Lousy party poopers. By the way, December 12 is my birthday. This beer assortment comes in a 33 centiliter or about 11 liquid ounces can 
with a yellow-orangey paper label on the white can. Best before date is not until August 2023. The former beer had a best before date four months ahead of today, November 2021. And yet, I bought it at the same time that I bought Lucilelle, and it was too a winter beer. The ingredients in Lucelle are a little bit odd. There are the often standard water, standard water, barley malt, wheat malt, hops, and yeast. But there are also saffron, rye, sugar, and lactic acid bacteria. The yeast are wild yeast strains. We use the very expensive saffron in the very seasonal pastry Lucy buns or Lucy Buller. Lucy Buller are shaped like an eight, and in the twirls at the ends, there are a couple of raisins. The buns goes well with coffee or mulled wine. Typically, the decent quality saffron, saffron costs about 24 Swedish kronor per 0.5 gram. That is about 2 US dollars and 80 cents per 0.0176 ounces. 2 US dollars and 80 cents per 0.0176 ounces. The good news is that you don't need all that much saffron when making pastry. But if you really want top-notch quality on your pastry, you may have to pay as much as 200 kroners for just the saffron. That is about 23 US dollars. For a gram, i.e. 0.0353 ounces, that is. With a double batch of lucibons, you would have to pay 400 kroners or $46 for the saffron alone. It's like gold it is. I would settle for two bagfuls of decent quality 24 kroner saffron, i.e. one gram for a single batch. It gives both color and flavor to the pastry. After all, you would probably not bake this type of pastry more than once a year. If the Lucy buns are well made, they are very delicious, they should be quite moist. I have never made Lucy buns myself. Enough about the Lucy buns. The beer Lucy Lele costs about 33 Swedish kronor, i.e. 3 US dollars and 75 cents. That is $1.35 per 4 ounces of beer. And that is not cheap. Systembloget says that this beer is best served at 6 to 8 degrees Celsius, i.e. about 43 to 46 degrees Fahrenheit. The brewery themselves says nothing on the bottle or on their website about preferred serving temperature. How about the experience then?
Well, the color is yellow, yellow and feculent. The aroma is sour, almost acidic. And the foam is very small, it's not tall at all, because it's not even one finger, it's, it's gone already now. And the first impression of this beer is like a soda, uh, an orange soda with alcohol in it, and it's sour. The first impression is uh, that uh, I, 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 I dislike this beer, not because it's badly made, because it's not, but uh, because uh, I don't like the, the taste of this kind of beer. I don't. It's a, it's a very odd beer in or every sense. But they are at least brave. The brewery. The brewery is brave. Because uh, I don't think many people who drink drinks beer beers regularly would uh, prefer this beer before other beers. But it's intentionally made like this, so it's not that it's a bad quality on the beer. It's. Uh, it's not bread like. And it's not yeasty, uh, or is it? Yes, it is. It is actually. I wouldn't say that it's malty. Uh, taste of my palate is sour, sour, fruity. It's uh, it's not sweet. It's like a diet uh, orangey soda in some sort, some, some sense. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's scroll down here. Um, it's it's a bridge. I, I I wouldn't say that it's particularly rich, but it's not fatigue or it's not weak in any way. It's not thin. And um, is it bitter or hoppy? I wouldn't uh, know. It's sour more than it's bitter and hoppy. It's not candy-like because it's not sweet. But it is fruity. 
Again, there's grapefruit uh, peels in it, I think. Or um, lemon peels, perhaps. Yeah, lemon peels. And um, the spices. Uh, Rather herbs than spices, I think. Yeah, and the undertone is uh, sugar-free soda, diet soda, with alcohol in it. The carbonation level I think it's low. I, I think it's low and it's not creamy. It's almost acidic, but not acidic, it's more sour. Acidic is when it's artificial, I think. So it's not. But uh, everything in it is an aberration to me. It's, but it's made this way. It should be this way. actually and uh, yeah what about grading then i cannot grade this beer high but it's it would be unfair if my grading for my taste buds would say that this per se is um, like uh a two out of ten devils, possible devils. It wouldn't be fair for those with other kinds of taste buds or other kinds of uh, that prefers other types of beers. So I'd grade this beer if I want to grade it in the middle between what I like and what other people might like. Because it's a quality beer, I would grade this beer um, four devils out of ten possible. That's in uh, a middle scale, so to speak. I think that's uh, all I have to say about it. Yeah. If you're into odd beers, sour beers, then you should drink this beer. It's well made. Okay, absolutely don't drink and operate heavy machines, military or civilian. Drink responsibly or not at all. Don't drink at all if you're underage or pregnant. Thank you. For my strategic lessons, you must remember that uh, these events stretch over years. It may not necessarily be current events I'm talking about. It could have happened years ago.
this week's lesson is a strategic lesson. It's called Cyber Lesson Number One. Who owns the internet? I'm not going to hold anyone on the stretch bench. The answer to the headlines question is the United States. We know that the US can continue with its surveillance of non-American organizations and citizens online without any repercussions. We don't have to start a war to outmaneuver the Anglo-American Axis dominance. It is sufficient enough to do two things. One, follow God's will or a moral guideline. Two, build a parallel internet more free from surveillance. That's it. It is of course no small thing to build an internet from scratch with all its individual components and networks. But I believe that together with most Northern European countries, we can do that. France, Italy and Spain are also possible collaborators. It depends on what they can participate with. No one here in Europe should prevent cooperation between individual American or British academics and the Nordic countries in this project. But unfortunately, Britain is too much intertwined with and favored by the United States to be considered as a trustworthy national cooperation partner. I believe that they as a state would rather counteract us than contribute to the realization of the project. This is certain because the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth countries are excluded from the surveillance that the United States has placed on all other countries, including Germany and Sweden. As for the facts about the US surveillance of the EU, the so-called PRISP surveillance program, we do not know much about it. You can read the following on Wikipedia, quote, on June 19, 2013, US President Barack Obama, during a visit to Germany, stated that the NSA's data gathering practices constitute, quote-unquote, a circumscribed narrow system directed at us being able to protect our people, end quote. Wikipedia does not provide any clues about what and whom the U.S. has been spying on, despite an exhaustive and long, obviously government-authorized Wikipedia page, PRISM surveillance program. The government apparently considered it better to forestall than to be caught. It is known that the German BND that's their foreign espionage, has used the American spyware X-Keyscore, XKS, for analyzing but not collecting data since 2007, and German BFB, that's their domestic intelligence, has used a test version since 2012. So the Germans' secret service must have been aware of the until July 2013 secret tools for the US surveillance program. 
However, they did not say that they approved of the American surveillance of the European Parliament or Angela Merkel and the disclosure of their emails. In May 2015, however, it appeared that much were indicating that the German BND helped the American NSA to commit industrial espionage against European industrial companies. It is therefore close at hand to think that the Americans have been able to monitor mainland Europeans, not so much because the Americans haven't had technological solutions, but because of the Europeans' own co cooperation with the NSA. The Americans have played European countries on the continent against each other. We may not even need to build our own internet to stop the PRISP surveillance section 702 program. It may be sufficient to divest European intelligence organizations from cooperating with the NSA through exposing of the Americans' methods. But we would still probably benefit by taking technical precautions. On the 2nd of December 2013, the European Commission criticized what it calls US large-scale espionage against citizens, businesses and leaders in Europe. Danish Telenor and Vice Chairman of the Norwegian Stuting, the Government, Control and Constitutional Committee, Michael Tetzner, is upset by FRA, Swedish government organization equivalent to the NSA, surveillance of our neighboring countries. I would be very surprised if the rest of the world do not do the same kind of work as FRA, and half of the world's security services work with FRA, including Denmark's and Norway's security services. A large part of Russia's communication with the outside world takes place via Swedish cables. But I do not think that the FRA spies on the Stu team. There are still no revealing Edward Snowden documents which speak for Swedish espionage of that kind against friendly nations and especially not Nordic neighboring countries. We are simply better than that. As we say in Sweden when we hope for something bad not to happen, pepper pepper knock on wood. I have some homework for you. Axel Oxenstierna, the Swedish royal advisor to the very successful 17th century warrior King Gustav den Andre Adolf, is said to once have made a remark to his son, quote, dost thou not known, my son, with how little wisdom the world is governed, end quote. Do you think the Germans are completely bonkers who helps the NSA spy on businesses in other European countries? Or do you think they are just surprisingly stupid? The Germans are the last to be invited to a United States Turkey dinner. It's just mind-boggling and tiring. Can you explain how the Germans cannot see how they are working against their own interests? Thank you and see you later, alligator, at a wild crocodile. Oh, thank you.